Welcome to the sermon podcast for New Life Church's Cabot Campus. We are located at 3400 West Main Street in Cabot, Arkansas. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. To find more information about what we believe, upcoming events, and more, please visit newlifechurch.tv or you can text the word Cabot to 88,000. We've been in this series on the wisdom books. I hope this has been helping you like it's been helping me. Oh, before I get to this, hey, we had Kid Life Summer Camp this last week. And man, I'm hearing so many amazing stories and testimonies. I, I had a young man come up to me this morning. He's walking in. He's got his, his summer camp shirt on. And man, he's just, he's just beaming. And I'll go up and his, his parents look like they're pretty happy about it too. And I go up and, and they're like, hey, you want to tell them what happened? And this young man told me, he's like, I gave my heart to Jesus this week at camp. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. And then he's like, you know what would be cool is if I could get water baptized on my actual birthday. And I'm like, man, we'll have to see what we can do about that. He's like, yeah, because then it would be like double awesomeness <laughs> if I could get baptized on my birthday. So I'm, we may have to just set up a, a totally separate baptism just for this kid. But uh, God did a lot of things there. And my, my kids had an awesome time as well. So thankful for all the leaders and volunteers and everybody that went down there. It's exhausting. Let me tell you that. Like, like there's a lot of those leaders that are not going to be here today because they're still sleeping. So, but uh, hey, I want to I want to talk to you about making wise decisions. Wise decisions. Uh, did you know that those books, uh, the books for dummies, you guys seen those books? They have sold over 250 million copies of those books. And there are some of these books that I thought were pretty, pretty funny. Well, math for dummies, okay? Like that, it, some of these little, seem a little oxymoronic, but um, there's, there's actually one, it's sex for dummies, which based on the numbers of kids around here, we figured that one out. So got that going for us. Uh, weather for dummies, which apparently every weatherman needs to read that one because... Uh, isn't that, it's got to be like the greatest job on earth, right? It's like, I don't really have to be right and I can keep my job. Like, I really only have to be right like 30% of the time. Like, yeah, it's not like that as a pastor. Let me tell you that right now. Atheism for dummies. So that one. How to not believe in God without thinking. So it's just, that's interesting. Alien conspiracies for dummies. Okay, well. Uh, and then the Bible for dummies, which I may or may not have read a few times while I was in Bible school. Just gonna throw that out there. Uh, but the Bible actually has a section on smart living for dummies. And we've been studying that. It's the wisdom literature. It's the book of Proverbs. It's Ecclesiastes. It takes godly life principles and puts them into easy to understand but ageless phrases. I love that they're still relevant and prevalent and practical for today, thousands of years later. So God gave us this book so that we can make wise decisions. And really what wisdom is, is it's making the Bible functional in your everyday life. It's giving legs to biblical knowledge. Because how many of y'all know you can meet people that have a lot of knowledge, but that is not the same thing as wisdom, right? And so really it's only in the application, and I think it has to be under the, the fruit of the Spirit that this really starts to show wisdom in our lives. 
every one of us is going to have to make some decisions this year. Some of us are in the middle of making some of those right now. Some of you are going to have a major transition in your life that you're going to have to make a decision about. Some of you will make some, some smaller, minor decisions and some major. Uh, I will say one of my problems when it comes to making decisions is I rarely think I'm wrong. Like, I, I really don't second-guess myself very often. I find that this is true with a lot of men. <laughs> like, we're just so confident. Like, oh, no, I'm right. But we, and then we just blow it. Uh, Cody reminded me of a time her dad, uh, who is awesome. Uh, he, is, he is just, uh, he's a blast to be around. He has never met a stranger in his life. They live in Montana. I, you can't go anywhere in Montana and he doesn't know somebody. Like it's, which there's only like, I think a thousand people that live there. And so it's not that hard, but, <laughs> but like he, he just, he's, he's an awesome, awesome guy. Uh, he's got some quirks though. How many of y'all have some quirks about you? Just a little bit. I know I do. But he was, they were checking out of a hotel and, uh, and he had, he forgot something in the room that they were in. And so he's like, I got to go back in, but they'd already checked out. So he, he went up, he got in the hallway and he went to the door and it was locked. And so one of the cleaning ladies in the hall, he's like, ma'am, I need to get in this room. This is our room. I left something in there. And, and she's like, uh, no, sir, I don't think that's your room. And, and he's like, no, it's my room. I know it's my room. And I just need to get in there because I left something in there. And so she was really hesitant, but eventually she opens the room. And so he goes in there and he can't find what he's looking for. But as he's leaving, he notices in the trash can that there is a, a pair of, of pantyhose. And, and so if you know my father-in-law, like he doesn't want anything to go to waste, like anything to go to waste. And so he's like, I can't believe Tammy, my mother-in-law, I can't believe she just threw those away like that. Like who would do that? So he grabs them out of the trash can, <laughs> goes down. And he's like, Tammy, why did you throw these away? There's nothing wrong with these. She's like, those aren't mine. <laughs> he's like, yeah, they are. I was just in our room. She's like, those aren't mine. And she, she's like, what room did you go to? He's like, I think I went to the wrong room. <laughs> so confident, though, that he was in the right room. Oh, oh. oh. Gross. <laughs> I'll just think about the last couple of years, though. Man, a lot of tough decisions. Honestly, it's been especially hard as a leader and a pastor. Like, how do you make all the right decisions with social issues in an election year with a pandemic? Like, how do you navigate all that? And then there's personal stuff going on too. Like, do we buy or do we build a house or do we, it's not easy. Virtual versus in-person, people are still making these decisions. Look, all of us have some tough decisions. And, and I want to say this right now. I, I know that there's this variant, there's some spikes that are happening, different things like this. And so there's a lot of talking points that are coming back up again and people are having to make decisions. And, and I think it's important. Not every decision that is right for you is right for everyone else. You just got to pray and hear from God. And then do what you feel like he's leading you to do. But just because that's what he's leading you to do doesn't mean that's what he's leading everybody to do. 
this thing is such a moving target. It's like as soon as you feel like you've got something that's a for sure thing, it's not. Have grace and compassion for the people around you. As people are coming in here, if you need to wear a mask, wear a mask. But don't assume the people that aren't are being mean. If you see people and they are talking about vaccinations or whatever, you can let them make their decisions based on how the Holy Spirit is leading them. Be compassionate. Be a Christ follower that's more focused on the person and their soul than if they agree with the decisions you're making about a virus that we clearly haven't figured out yet. Just wanted to throw that out there. We're gonna let people make their decision, just so you know, as a, as a church. But there's a lot of practical things that we can know about decision-making. And so that's what I wanna talk about today. And, and at the end, I wanna pray for you guys, because I know that there's a lot of decisions that are probably uh, being made right now or, or decisions on the horizon. So I wanna start with this. When not to make a decision. When not to make a decision. You gotta have some filters around this. Uh, don't make a decision when you are sick or exhausted. Don't make a decision when you are sick or exhausted. Cody and I, when we would meet with people, and still when we meet with couples that are, are dating or engaged or whatever, we always give them this advice. We always tell them, look, don't hang out late at night. Uh, for the most part, we would say nothing good happens after dark when you're alone dating, all right? Like there, there's not a lot of wise decisions that are gonna happen when you are dating and it is late and you start getting tired. A lot of fun decisions can be made, but not necessarily wise decisions. Because when you start to get tired, man, your brain does not function at a high level. And so if you throw in any other influences, it's gonna be so easy for you to make decisions and choices that are not wise choices. Have you ever made a bad decision when you were tired? Anybody ever before? I know we have. Back in the day when we were doing youth and working with college age, we did, well, and this was before we had kids, so we had like no responsibilities. It was, you know, just working in ministry. So we would stay up way, way, way too late. And, and at one point, one season, we were binge watching um, Lost because we had never watched any of that, so we were trying to catch up. And it, that one has like the ultimate hook at the every one of their, end of their episodes. It's like, well, we've got to watch one more, clearly. Like, it's three in the morning. <laughs> like, do we really need to? Yes, this, this, is, this is the most important thing in our lives right now. And, uh, and so we, we had finally decided to cut that off. But when we turned off the show, there was like normal TV on, and they were running in for commercials. So we're already tired, probably emotional. And there's this commercial for knives. And, I, and we're like, we really are like, like emotional, like, Cody, look how well they cut. <sighs> We've never had knives that cut like that. Cheap knives. We deserve to have some knives that'll cut stuff. 
next thing you know, I'm on the phone. Ordering knives. But how many of y'all know they are upselling you? So before I knew it, I didn't just order the knives. I ordered like, yeah, yes, we need four extra steak knives. Yes. I mean, when aren't you having steak with 12 of your closest friends? <laughs> right? Oh, the wooden block for all the knives to go in. Yes. We want people to see our, knife, our nice knives. Just $100 more. That's all it was. Before I knew it, like, I spent like 300, 400 bucks on these knives. Uh, by the way, they suck. They're not great knives. This is almost 15 years later. We will use those knives until Jesus comes back <laughs> on principle. <laughs> Like now people will come over and they're like with their steak, they're like, yeah, yeah. It is what it is. We made a poor decision. In the Bible, there's a lot of people that got in this place. Elijah, a prophet of God, got in a place where he was tired and depressed. He was actually having anxiety attacks. Like he was not in a good place, but he's trying to make ministry decisions and it wasn't working. So God had him do this. He had him eat and sleep and eat and sleep and rest. And then he spoke to him. I think we live in a culture and a society where maybe, now some of y'all doing way too much of that. <laughs> some of y'all need to get to work. But, but for a lot of us, we feel guilty if we allow ourselves to get healed so we can be more effective. I remember when I was in Bible school, we would have chapel almost every morning. We'd have chapel. And I remember, but it was usually like, like a lot of us would get up early in the morning and work out early and, and run a bunch and do a bunch of stuff. So we'd do all that and then go to chapel. And I remember being in chapel, man, and I'd be like up, like praying and... <laughs> Any of y'all ever been praying before? And like you, like you do the, the nod and snap, like you like hurt your, you know, but you don't want people to see that you had this like tick, you know, and so you, so you try to like brush it off like you were doing something spiritual, like, amen. Thank you, Jesus. But I would nod off all the time. I've always felt so guilty. I'm like, man, I'm just not a good Bible student. Keep falling asleep in chapel. And I remember at one point, I felt like the Lord just told me, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Just take a nap. I embraced it. <laughs> I was like, amen. <laughs> and, and I will say this, it doesn't always happen, but, but every once in a while I would fall asleep. And I don't always remember everything that I would see while I was sleeping. Sometimes I did, but. God would speak to me, but I would wake up like I had, like I just spent time in the presence of God. Sometimes you need that. There's this setting on your phone when your battery gets really low, it's low power setting, right? And basically what it does is it allows your phone to stay on longer, but it shuts down a lot of the processing ability of your phone. And I find that a lot of people are living life 
in that place. Like your battery's low, so you've clicked into low power mode. You're still on, but not everything's processing well. And the truth is, you just need to, you need to plug, unplug and plug into what's right so you can get healed and rested. Your decision maker needs to power up. You should never make decisions under pressure. Never make a major decision in a hurry. So they did this survey of people in America, in the United States, on, and then they averaged out the amount of time that it takes the average American to make decisions in a few areas. Okay, five days to decide on going on a date. Okay, that was the average. And like some of you are like, I don't wait that long. Uh, <laughs> others, 13 days to buy a car. I spent like six months shopping and looking at stuff before I bought something. 14 days for someone to decide to get a divorce. Man, it's too fast. 17 days to make a decision to move across country. It's too fast. And I, and I think a lot of times this happens around purchases. Like anxiety kicks in when it comes to money. Like if you think, oh, it's going to cost me more, then I can't do that. So I'm going to do this now. And every salesman out there knows that. Like, I don't know if this is going to be around here tomorrow. You know? And so we got to say, oh, oh. You know, you're calling up your spouse like, you got to get down here. It's the last car on the planet. And if we don't buy it today, it's never going to be here again. You know, and we just, we feel this pressure. And we make poor decisions. Poor decisions when we're under pressure. Proverbs 14, 16 says, The wise are cautious and avoid danger, but fools plunge ahead. When you get impulsive, when you get impulsive, Satan gets excited because he knows you're getting ready to step into foolishness. Another time, when you are angry or depressed. One of our executive pastors said it this way, because I've seen a lot of people make bad decisions because they were angry. They will leave places. They will leave churches. They'll leave places because of anger. One of our executive pastors said it this way, God doesn't lead you from something without leading you to something. And so if God is calling you out of something, he will make a clear destination of where he's sending you to. If he hasn't shown you that, there's a good chance you are making that decision out of the wrong motive and the wrong emotion. Don't make those decisions when you're angry or depressed. So many people are angry right now or depressed in our culture. And really depression is just repressed anger. Depression is like anger with frostbite. Like it's basically the same thing. It's just passive aggressive. It's just wore you down so much that now it's affecting serotonin levels and a lot of other things that are happening in your life. This is my encouragement to you. Get off the news. Get off social media. Turn off your phone. Turn off your email. Lock the liquor cabinet and turn to God. Go spend some time with the Lord. 
Another time not to make a decision is when you're far from God. Look, the God we serve is a God of second and third and fourth and fifth chances. There's an infinite amount as long as your heart is open and teachable. Like, you can come to him. He wants you to come to him. And sometimes we get away from God and you don't feel like, man, I just, I don't have it in me to try to earn my way back right now. Which is faulty thinking. There's nothing that you can earn. He's already paid it. He's paid the price. I've made a few decisions when I was discouraged, depressed, or upset. But ultimately, the reason why I was making those decisions is because of a lack of devotion to the Lord. That's what put me in that place. And when you make decisions like that, like I did, I've hurt my family. I've hurt our finances. I've certainly hurt friendships. If you are further from God than you know you should be, the Holy Spirit will sound alarms. He'll, he'll make it clear you just need to draw back to him intentionally. So what is a good litmus test, if you will, for making good decisions? You know, we, we've got a pool now. And so Cody is the self-appointed uh, pool chemical balancer. And I'm so thankful for that and because uh, I don't want to deal with it. But she's, like, excited about it. <laughs> she's got an app. Like, it, like, the app will set up, like, a point system for her based on when she's able to get the chemical level right. So it's, like, a, it's her own little weird, like, some of y'all play Camp Candy Crush. She plays how to balance the pH. Yeah, baby. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> she's, like, up and early in the morning. Oh, can't wait to get, where are you going? It's, like, five. She's, like, I can't wait to test the water. <laughs> I'm, like, okay, that's cool. I love being married to a nerd. Uh, but, but you have to get this balance. And so when that, when that litmus paper lights up or it, it turns a certain color, that's when you know you have balance. And I think you have to look at the same thing when it comes to decision making. You can have too much or too little when it comes to making good decisions. So we're going we're gonna to look at this word test. I thought we could do that so it would, it would help you remember this. First of all, you got to talk to God about what's going on. Talk to God about what's going on. Psalm 37.5 through the, verse, the first part of verse 6. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. What it winds up happening a lot of time is people wind up asking God to commit his ways to them instead of committing their ways to God. Like, God, this is what I'd like to do. Can you please get on board with it? Get before God before you ever do anything else and say, I'm for your way. Help me follow your plan here. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth in my life as it is in heaven. James 1, 5 through 8 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Like you can be a total knucklehead. You, you, but, but if you will come to God and ask him for wisdom, he's like, okay, I will give this to you. And it says it will be given to you. It goes on to say, but when you 
ask, you must believe and not doubt. What are you not doubting? You're not doubting the wisdom he gives you. Because if you doubt, you're like a wave in the sea blown and tossed by the wind. I think you have to slow down and talk to God. Uh, when we first moved here, after, a, well, like second or third year we were here, we were the Kid Life pastors at Conway and our Little Rock campus, okay? So Saturday night, Sunday morning, <clears throat> we had to drive back and forth between those two campuses to do all the services. And a lot of times I would ride with Pastor Rick um, because he had to go between the campuses as well. And so this is what that typically looked like. Like we would, we would have to, we'd be in a little bit of a hurry. We'd walk out of a service we just finished, <clears throat> get in his car. And while we were driving through Conway or driving through Maumel uh, to get to the next campus, like while we're in the town, like we're talking about how the service is going, what we're thinking, how we're feeling, that kind of thing. As soon as we would get on the freeway, he would drive 90 to 100 miles an hour to get between the services because we had a, t a, a pretty short time frame that we had to get there. And, and I will say that when, you, when we were driving 90 to 100 miles an hour, we weren't talking much. There wasn't a lot of conversation happening, um, mostly because I just didn't want to die. And, and, and it, he is a very aggressive driver. And if you know me, that says a lot. Uh, and, 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 and because here's the thing, when you're moving really, really fast, it's almost impossible to be healthy relationally. There's not a lot of conversation that will happen when you're moving through life at Mach 3. And, and that'll happen in your relationship with the Lord too. You've got to slow down and be still and know that he is God. Or the opposite will be true. Stay in a hurry and miss God altogether. Another thing, examine, E, examine what God's word says about it. Examine what God's word says about it. Okay, so this is another way of testing the balance. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I love the imagery of that because, you know, if you've got a flashlight, you know, you're, you're going to be able to see very, very clearly the steps are in front of you. The great thing is that will throw enough light where you will have an image of what's ahead of you. That's great. God will give you some idea, but he's most interested in you focusing on your next step, where you're at, where he's got for you now, and not getting ahead of yourself too much. So, look, I read for direction. Uh, I, I, can, I can tell you exactly how this works well and how I've missed it. There's a correlation between spending time with God, for me, spending time with God outside, in his word, and knowing what to do. It's just the way it is. This last week, I got voluntold that I was going to a pastor's retreat. And so, uh, so I went and I wasn't sure what to expect. But it was actually pretty cool. Like we were at this, this retreat center in South Carolina and there was no agenda, which is awesome because my life 
everything has an agenda. Like there's just a schedule, there's a plan. And so there was no plan. We just got to hang out. But they encouraged us like, hey, make sure you, you spend some time. Like just this is a time for, to, to, to rest, relax, but to hear from God. And, and I'll just be honest with you, like, there was a lot of activities and stuff to do. So I was like, man, this looks cool. I want to do this. I want to do this. It was, it was two or three days in before I finally got up one morning, just went outside and sat on a porch, got the word, and just listened. Just spent some time in his creation. Man, when you just look at what he's created, it's just like, how could I ever think that he doesn't care about me, that he doesn't care about every detail about what's going on in my life because he's cared so much about every detail of what he's created. Colossians 3.15 says this, let the peace of God rule your hearts and minds. And man, that's what, that's what the church needs. That's what our culture needs. They need some peace that can only come from God. I get perspective. I get direction. Porch time. If you don't have porch time, you're missing out on the good stuff in life. Because your porch time says, I'm choosing you, God. You're my priority. Again, Elijah, at one point in his ministry, he, he stood and he challenged the people. He said, you've got to choose who you want to follow. Is it the God of Israel or Baal? Choose one. You know what they did? They choose neither. Because they wanted to be committed to a God of open options. Like they wanted to just be able to limp wounded between God, this works for us right now, but now I'm going to go over here because this works for me now. Look, you will not find fulfillment. They didn't. They found desolation living that way. I see too many people who want a God that fits their schedule. They want a God that will allow them to worship certain elements of their life but still be able to limp over from time to time and worship him. <laughs> You've got to be all in. And the truth is this, if you'll put him number one in every area of your life, every other area of your life will be amazing, full of peace. Not like amazing like everything's going to work out. No, not everything's gonna work out. But your heart, your mind, your emotions will be more fulfilled and more whole than it would ever be when you're just trying to choose between two gods. This is moment by moment obedience. Every time I open the word of God, I'm saying I'm not looking for the options in the world. I'm looking to the options that you have for me, period. You also have to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So S, sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We can see in the New Testament that the, the Apostle Paul, man, he was constantly making decisions based on the leading of the Holy Spirit. Like 
He'd be in one location, and then he'd just say, and then the Lord took us over here, and then, he, and, then, and then we were supposed to go here. But he was just so tuned in and keyed into, I'm, I'm just going to go where the Holy Spirit leads me in everything that I do. Isaiah 30, 21 says this, whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. It's not always an easy voice to hear though, especially if you're surrounded by noise. These are like Holy Spirit insinuations, this inward witness, a nudge. Uh, you have this if you've been married for a while with your spouse. Because because Cody can just barely shift her head and give a look, and it'll write a paragraph of instruction. Right? But I know that because I have stayed close to her. I have tuned myself in to those gentle nudges. Look, we spiritualize people who have heard the audible voice of God. But if you're close to God, you don't need that audible voice. He is nudging you and leading you all the time. I wouldn't mind hearing the audible voice of God, but I would also suggest if I hear the audible voice of God, it's because I'm too stubborn to just sense his nudge which will more than likely happen at some point. We have a pretty loud family. We got a lot of leaders. Our son Reeves, especially when he was younger, he's not always this way. So there's a lot of times he'd come up and he'd be asking for something. I've talked about this before, but he just would, he wouldn't speak up. So everybody, loud, 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 and Reeves come over. What? Speak up, Reeves. It's like, we don't. Everybody be quiet. Reeves, what? I want some cereal. Have some cereal. Yeah. We have cereal. It's fine. He's pretty smart, though, because everybody had to be quiet to hear what he needed. You're going to have to get quiet to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, his nudge. This is also why you need friends in your life that hear from God, that are following his nudges, because God will use others to prompt. God has other influences to pray for you, to confirm those nudges in the Holy Spirit. And I think it's really important that that's why you stay connected in biblical community people. Like, you got to be around people. I've seen a lot of people that they're not in that place right now, and it's so foolish, man. They're just getting weird, making dumb decisions. There's this verse in the second part of, of 2 Corinthians. This is in my notes. Uh, this, I'm just thinking about this now, so it's just, just for free. You're welcome. Uh, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, later in that chapter, uh, Paul is talking to the religious leaders in the church in Corinth, and he says, we, 
don't want to be like those who commend themselves. That when they compare themselves in and of themselves, they're found without wisdom. You see, if you don't get outside of your own little bubble, including your immediate family, and get around biblical community of people with objective perspective, you're going to lack some wisdom too. Lastly, take a step of faith. Take a step of faith. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says this, If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. <laughs> I've watched some of y'all sit around church for an hour afterwards, not because you're trying to fellowship, because nobody can make a stinking decision about where you're going to eat. <laughs> like, I've literally walked up in the middle of one of those, like, I'll tell you where to go. Y- y'all don't need to, like, some of you are like, ah, decisions are so hard. It's eating, people. It's not that hard. It's fun. You take all the fun out of it. Sometimes indecision is the absolute worst decision that you can make. And, and, and you will just freeze. I, I remember when I first started um, shooting guns growing up. Man, I wanted so bad to be a good shot, right? Uh, especially when I started hunting. I just, I wanted so bad to be a good shot. So, but a lot of times what I would do is when, when I would bring my rifle up, I would just sit there. My dad's like, just take a deep breath as you exhale, squeeze that trigger, let it surprise you. And so I'd be like, (gasps) 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 and how many of y'all know at that point, like, (laughs) I'm not gonna put a bead on anything. I just, sometimes you just need to squeeze the trigger. It may not be the perfect shot, but you got to take the shot. Take the shot. Walk across the room and ask them out. Decide on the business, the school. Seize the moment. The opportunity of a lifetime has to be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity. And it doesn't have an infinite lifetime. You have a window, go at it. If your motive is in the right place, you can trust the Lord, he'll take care of it. I got nothing for you if your motive's in the wrong place. If your motive is selfish, self-centered, anything apart from the fruit of the spirit, if it's anything but those things, I, I got nothing for you, but if you are doing your best, just. God, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to please you. I want to bring you glory. You can take the step and trust him to guard you. Look, Jesus would pass by. Jesus would pass by. And we know these stories. Blind Bartimaeus yelling, screaming, Jesus, help. I want, come. I need to be healed. We know those stories. How many stories weren't written because people just let Jesus pass by? when they actually needed him to do something. I like how General Patton said it. A good plan, violently executed, is better than a perfect plan next week. Not suggesting violence, but sometimes you just gotta go for something. And for people that have options, that's tough, we've been there. Like when we made the decision to move in Arkansas, we had options. 
it's hard when you've got options. It's hard when you got a lot of good options. It's like, what do I do? Again, if your motive is in the right place, take a step towards an option. Just take a step. Did you have peace in that step? Yeah, take another one. Did you have peace in that step? Yeah, take another step. If at any point you take a step and you don't have peace, if your motives are right, the Holy Spirit will help you with this. Then you go look at a different option. Go look at a different option. But take a step. Pull the trigger, amen? Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. You got big decisions that you're looking at right now in life. You can raise your hand or just put your hands out in front of you. I wanna pray for you. Father God, I just lift up every person that's in the midst of, of a season of making decisions. It may be about business. It may be about a relationship. It may be about their kids. It, it may be about health. It may be about, it may be about a lot of different things. I thank you, Holy Spirit that you will guard them with your perfect peace. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, you will lead them and confirm by your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here to meet with us, that you speak to your kids. You lead us, you guide us. Lord, I thank you for clarity in Jesus' name in every one of these situations. I know some of them just realize, you know what, I'm just waiting, I'm just holding off because of fear. Don't make decisions to do or not to do something based in fear. Father, thank you, you haven't given us a spirit of fear, but of courage, love, and sound thinking. Thank you for sound thinking around every one of these decisions. You cannot be led by anything that I talked about today apart from Jesus. Apart from a relationship with God, you are really on your own when it comes to decision-making. And if there's anyone here today that you know you're away from the Lord, you've got some big decisions and you are just completely overwhelmed with anxiety, no idea what to do. It may be because you're away from God. It may be because you've never given your life to him, or maybe you've just been away from him. And if you're either one of those people, he's here to meet with you. Today is the day of salvation for you. But also know the Holy Spirit. Right now, he's speaking to you. He's nudging you right now towards a relationship with him. And I would just encourage you to follow that nudge, be obedient to it. If you know you need the Lord, you're away from him, and maybe you need to surrender your life to him to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Nobody's looking around, but I'd love to pray with you. If that's you, slip your hand up right now across the room. As soon as I see your hand, you can put it down, but you just know you're away from God. You need a relationship with him. Anybody in this house? Okay. Father God, I thank you for the people that are making that decision right now. Thank you for being with them. If you raise your hand, you just say this. Say, Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner. I believe that you came and died on the cross for my sin. I ask for your forgiveness. I wanna live my plan and purpose out the rest of my days. I surrender to you as my Lord and I repent 
from my sin. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me a new life in you. Father, thank you for being here with us today as we continue to worship you, continue to do your work, to speak to people. In Jesus' name, amen.